And we're back with more of the Pope on film. Uh, yes. Hi. <laughs> How are you? Okay, Hi. Bunny. Bunny, I'm sending it to you now. Before we get into this week's movie, um, in 2015, they made a retro-style 8-bit video game based on the movie Manos, the Hands of Fate. Yes. It, it, I bought it on like the Google Play Store, and I had it on my phone, and it was one of those things where I had it on my phone, I would play with it for a while, I would delete it, then I'd go back, I'd download it again after like six months, but after like a year or two, it got taken off of all of the like Google and Apple Play Stores because there were there has been for the longest time a struggle with the legal rights of who exactly owns Manos the Hands of Fate. But now the original creators of the game, uh, Freak Zone Games, has posted it on their website as uh, a game that's uh, pay what you want. You can pay a thousand dollars for it or you can pay zero dollars and download it and play it on your computer right now i just sent you the link for manos the hands of fate the game you can download it on your computer it's free to play my favorite part of the game you play through the movie but you're not just fighting torgo and fighting the master they put a bunch of characters from a bunch of other bad video games uh, the Screaming Skull screams at you and attacks you. You get attacked by Killer Shrews. Uh, I, I, I not only am going to have to download this game, I'm going to have to see if I could live stream that. Yeah, it, it's a really fun game. Uh, I keep getting stuck on when you fight the portrait of the master above the mantle. But one time I got to, I believe, level four, which is a flying level for no reason whatsoever, other than the fact that the boss of the flying level is the giant claw. Cool. Which I think was our first movie we ever did. It was our first movie. Yeah. So you fight the giant claw. It's a really fun game. And you play as Mike and you got the gun. And the first boss is Torgo, and he doesn't really do anything. He's just walking around with his weird-ass legs. It's such a fun, retro-style game, and it's available right now for free. And everyone should definitely... Weirdest picture you've ever picked for a podcast movie. <laughs> you always try and go for something different. This time, you really went different. I was not expecting to see this. That is great. That is there, great. There is, that is like there is not even pictures of this movie in any good variety, you know. So yeah. I I wanted I wanted Thumbelina because we're doing this is the Thumbelina version that we're covering. Yeah, and this is the other Thumbelina picture that I found. Yeah. So specifically, if anyone out there is watching and wants to download the game, the website is Freak Zone. 
F-R-E-A-K-Z-O-N-E games dot itch, I-T-C-H dot I-O slash Manos. And you can download the game for free right now. It's fucking fun as hell. And I was going to do a playthrough for my um, kid-friendly YouTube channel, but they really frown on any videos that feature guns. Okay. For kids. For a kid's video. So, um, I might still do it, but I'm not sure. But anyway, um, Bunny! Yes. Very serious here. Uh, we like to joke and play games on this podcast of being very serious. It is time, once again, for our annual discussion of perhaps one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. Move over, Fragile. Move over, Merry Christmas, Movie House! No. One of the greatest films of all time. One of the greatest Christmas films ever made. Yes. The 1972 film, Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. Uh, And this year, I watched it no less than nine times. And I wrote, I wrote all new notes. Yes. About this film. And I took a deep, fresh new dive into the history of this film and how and why it was made. And again, these are all new notes, never before uh, said or heard before this point. So just take my word for that. You don't have to go back and listen to episode 105 or episode 154. Or episode 198, episode 241, or episode 285. Just trust us, this, our sixth annual discussion of Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny, is all new. Never before heard. Look at an amazing film. Um, A specific Joe Don Baker joke? I have no idea what you're talking about. This is an all-new discussion of Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny, okay? So, all new, never before heard uh, look at this amazing film. Well, Poffies, it's the holiday season. Time to hang up your stockings, light your menorah, hide your painted eggs. Time to wear some green or else you'll get pinched. How weird is St. Patrick's Day? It's the sexual harassment holiday. (laughs) Oh, hey. Here's the holiday where we all get drunk and pinch strangers. What the fuck? That's weird. I hope that the coronavirus cancels St. Patrick's Day. Not the drinking part, but the pinching strangers part. Anyway, yes, it's the holidays. Uh, It's time for the annual pilgrimage to Mecca, everybody. Yes, it's time once again for Maxwell and I to undertake our annual hodge. Maxwell's favorite part is the drinking from the well of Zamzam, but my favorite part is, is of course, the counterclockwise running around the Kaaba, so I guess I'm just old-fashioned like that. Yeah. Uh, Yes, my friends, it's time to talk about the true meaning of Christmas, getting in costumes and getting free candy. Uh, it's about eating uh, an insane amount of turkey and falling asleep in front of a football game. It's about candy hearts and the birthday of America. 
Christmas is the day of the year where we celebrate the birth of Jesus by becoming the angriest, greediest motherfuckers on the face of the earth. Yes. Christmas is also about Christmas movies. And you know, there's been so many classic Christmas movies made over the years. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man 3, uh, Die Hard. Not only do I think that any film that has Christmas in it is a Christmas movie, I also feel that movies released on Christmas Day are Christmas movies, which is why my favorite Christmas movie is Four Rooms! Could also probably be considered a New Year's movie. A New Year's movie? Because it's set on New Year's Eve. There are a lot of people talk about Christmas movies. What about New Year's movies? Uh, Four Rooms there is a good really New Year's movie. Any. Yeah, so Four Rooms is a good one. And then, of course, uh, the greatest Christmas movie of all time, this week's film, which saves you both time and money by being two, two, two crappy movies in one. It's the notoriously hideous cinematic stillborn known as Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny! Bunny! Yes. This week's movie is so bad that a lot of people, including some bad movie lovers out there, have never even heard of this movie, let alone seen it. It's an under-the-radar bad movie. But of course, the difficult part about this movie is how to explain it without sounding completely insane. Um, the basic plot is, is that, okay, the movie focuses on Santa Claus, who, it should be noted... <laughs> Rates a 9.5 on the Joe Don Baker sweat meter. I have never said that joke before. No. Which is why it's so hilarious. It's brand new to me. Brand new. Santa crashes his sled on a beach in Florida. That's uh, Florida the state, not Flo Rida the rapper. That is a joke that is 100% new and fresh here in the year 2020 and not six years ago. <laughs> uh, the reindeer leave him because it's too hot. Um, fuck off, reindeer. Rude ass. And I usually don't pay attention to that much of uh, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the classic stop-motion animated. I didn't realize Rudolph was the son of Dasher. Really? Yeah, I was really paying attention this year to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Who ever heard of a Charlie in the box? But, yeah, he's the son of one of the Santa's reindeers. So, uh, uh, yeah, um, what's that word where you hire your family? Nepotism. Wow, nepotism much? Yeah. Not cool. Uh... And, and, and being a disappointment to your successful parents. Yes. Yes. So uh, a bunch of people try and get Santa out of the sand. Uh, Santa summons kids in his sleep, which is weird. That's like a new mutant power for him, which I don't understand. He summons kids, a gorilla, a donkey, uh, some other animals that are probably taken directly from a specific theme park petting zoo, which we'll get to in a little bit. Yes. Then out of nowhere, a whole different movie breaks out. Yes. 
And just like the movie Clue, there are different movies. Most of the time you get Thumbelina, but there's also uh, Jack of the Beanstalk, which it took a while for us to finally find. And when we found it, we did cover it. But I like the, I like the Thumbelina version because there's more to it. But I like the Jack and the Beanstalk because it's just fucking shorter. It makes the movie shorter. Yeah. It's like 10 or 15 minutes shorter. And it's like, okay, I would prefer to watch the shorter Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny, but whatever. Um, and we did, and we did Santa Claus, the Jack and the Beanstalk last year. Yeah. Uh, between the two, and like, this is kind of hard to say, but I think Thumbelina is the superior film. Yeah, it seems like there's just more to that one. But the Jack by and superior, the... we mean sort of in Trump is Jack and the Beanstalk, Biden is Thumbelina. Thumbelina seems like a bad movie, whereas Jack and the Beanstalk feels like a shitty play someone filmed. Yeah. So there's that. So, yeah, so you're watching Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny, and, oh, there's Santa. He's stuck on the beach in Florida for some reason. And then suddenly, uh, a different and much longer movie breaks out. Which is fucking weird. It's a bad movie section. Yes. So, and then, when you're watching the movie within a movie... It starts off with um, the character of Thumbelina visiting a pirate theme park in Florida post-Disney bastardization. Uh, Thumbelina is set in Pirate Land Amusement Park for no reason whatsoever. So it's kind of like a movie within a movie within a movie. Yes. Because... Yeah. Here's Santa, and Santa tells a story, which is the movie of Thumbelina, but in that movie, the character visits a theme park, which isn't the story of Thumbelina. So while the character visits the theme park, she is told the story of Thumbelina. So this is the story of Thumbelina told to Thumbelina in a movie inside of a movie about Santa. Yes. It's confusing. It's basically crapception. Um, this is a 1972. Well, Santa is basically the wraparound. Yes, Santa the wraparound. Santa is basically the Debbie Harry of this movie. Yeah. Yes. So, so this is a 1972 kids movie. It's important to note that throughout the 60s and 70s, and some would say even the 80s, the powers that be in Hollyweird seem to. It seemed to all think that, like, oh, let's make a movie. Let's work really hard to make this a good movie, a gritty movie, a serious movie. Oh, wait, this is a movie for kids? Fuck it. Uh, let's make it as dumb as possible. Remember, people, kids are stupid. Yeah. So, like, that's how you get Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, uh, fucking Mac and Me, you know. So, you know, this, this is... 
it, it, the kids' movies were movies that were quickly cranked out to make a little bit of money. Yes. Like that Mexican Santa Claus movie. Yes. I like that one. I like that one. Now, in order to fully get to the bottom of Santa Claus the Ice Cream Bunny, we need to talk about a specific movie genre. What? Are you going to talk about kids' movies? No! Nudie Cuties! Yes. The Pope on film! Kicking it up a notch! Okay, so Nudie Cuties were softcore nude movies from primarily the 50s and 60s. It featured ample toplessness but select bottomness. No vagina, no uh, uh, penises. Usually some of the bra... And also, usually... Some of the broadest humor ever to be shamelessly written into a script. Humor so broad that it made Benny Hill look like Shakespeare. Yes. So uh, I've got a list of some of the classic, some of the the more famous uh, nudie cutie movies that have been created. And um, did I make up some of them? Yes. But I didn't make up too many of them, so maybe just get off my dick. So here's some of the most classic nudie cutie movies. Nudies on the Moon, The Monster of Camp Sunshine, Nudies at the Abattoir, Naked Homicide Detectives, Nudie University, Nakedsville, USA, Naked Welders, uh, okay, never mind. I made up the majority of that list, but still, you get the general idea. Yes. You know? So, nudie cuties were a thing. You know, the type of thing that was viewed in a dimly lit grindhouse theater by a single man in a long trench coat. But now, now while we are on the subject of nudie cuties, I do need to take a little bit of a side to try to solve my... Wood Wayne Dilemma. Yes. Because I really feel like the Wood Wayne special should be the last Ed Wood film. Yes. Ever? But his last... And I woke up early the day I died as our canonized last Ed Wood film. Yes. But his last two movies were porn. You got to go three movies back to get to take it out and trade, which is still well. It's a nudie cutie, but it's it's yeah. softcore porn, and I'm not so sure about streaming that. And, and how far back do we have to go to get to an Edward movie to be his last movie while not being his last movie? I think you can go with any of the Edward movies as long as there's no nudity. I don't think it has to be his last film, but a film. Yeah, I'd be okay with the Violent Years. That's a good one. He didn't di- direct it, but he wrote the script for it. And in 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 typical Hollywood fashion, the Violent Years ended up being a massive financial success. But he was paid just two hundred dollars for the script. Hooray for Hollywood! Like, that's a good one. I'd go with that. Or Bride of the Monster, you know? Like, one of the classics. Yeah. Bride of the Monster might be a nice choice. Yeah. Okay, so nudie cuties were a thing, and uh, 
you you might be wondering why we're having this nudie cutie detour when we're supposed to be talking about Santa and the ice cream bunny, but don't worry about it. We'll get there. Um, one of the leading directors in the world of nudie cuties was a guy by the name of Barry Mahon. I'm, I'm pretty sure that the H is silent and his actual name is Barry Mann, but I believe that all letters matter. Yes. You know, some people say, oh, only vowels, vowels matter. But I'm like, oh, all letters matter. So I pronounce all of the silent letters because I feel that no letters should be silent. Not the first time guess, you've come out as alphabetist. Yeah, I, I guess uh, I'm just a bit more woke than most people. Yeah. So his name is probably pronounced Barry Mann, but... Around these parts, his name is Barry Mahon. Uh, he was a veteran. He was in World War II. I know this because I looked him up on Wikipedia, and apparently when he was in World War II, and this is true, he, he fighting people, hey, help me sock old Adolf in the jaw. And he was captured, and he tried to escape, and he was a small-time hero, and they made a little film about him. Uh, it's kind of an indie film. Not a lot of people have heard about it. It's called The Great Freaking Escape! It's based on the man who would later go on to make Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. Yes. That's Makes crazy. That, that is a great Very, twist of fate. Yeah, it's insane. It fucking goddamn. So a Barry the only way Mahon could not set up just a little bit higher is if he would cast Audie Murphy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big uh, Lee Van Cleef fan. So basically, really. we are talking about Steve McQueen. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Barry Mahon was Steve McQueen. Damn it, I dropped my grand. Went on to make nudie cuties. Wow. Yeah. Eventually leading to the summit, I guess, of his career Santa Claus and the Ice Cream Bunny. Yeah. Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. Without a doubt, the apex of his I'm career. Sorry, I'm making camera, but I have to it's fine. It's I have fine. To turn I'm moving it a bunch now. Mm, earthquake! Okay, we good. I shook it a bunch to make you feel better. I'm not saying I'm a hero, because what's a hero? But um, Barry Mahon would direct over 60 films in his lifetime, and he was really prolific. Uh, he was also a prolific producer in Junk. Um, here are some of his... Here's a list of the, some of the nudie cuties that Barry Mahon directed. And unlike the last list, each one of these is an actual film that he directed. Forbidden, f forbidden Flesh, Sex Club Intern, Nude A-Go-Go, Swinging Nurses, The Love Cult, Nudes on Tiger Reef, The Beast That Kills Women, Bottoms Up, and my favorite sounding one, the Diary of Knockers Macalla. <laughs> great name. That's a great name. 
fucking wonderful. <laughs> I see my hair right now in the picture, and I feel like I look like if Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs came out as bi. <laughs> I'd fuck me. That's how I feel I look right now. That's my aesthetic. Um, well, would you fuck you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Barry... We would have to set that up as its own stream, though. Yeah. It would have to I be a, a, an event kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, he was... A, but, to be clear, Barry Mahon was also a good non-nudie cutie director. He didn't just make nudie cuties. He also made such classic stinkers as Pagan Island, Cuban Rebel Girls, and Rocket Attack USA, which was in season two of Mystery Science Theater. It was a Joel episode. So all the Joel ones are really good. He directed that. Okay, so this is how the story goes. In the late 60s in Dania, Florida, or Dania, Florida, uh, let's just call it Danielle, Florida. In Danielle, Florida, uh, they opened up a 78-acre theme park called Pirate's World. Apparently, it was a big deal uh, for a very small amount of time. So it was a really big deal for a very small blip in the history books. I have lost my place. Uh, there it is. It, it was primarily known for the fact that it was a theme park, but they also had like an outdoor auditorium. And fucking Zeppelin played there in 69. The Grateful Dead played there in 70. David Bowie played there in 1972. They did good money until the 70s when uh, Walt Disney was like, I've got a great idea. This has never been done before, and I am amazing. I'm releasing a theme park in Florida. And most of America is like, oh, my God, another theme park? But in Florida? No one's ever done that before. Yay for Walt Disney. And uh, the makers of Pirates World are like, uh, excuse me, we're right fucking here. And once they start, once they announced... Uh, construction on Walt Disney World, suddenly uh, Pirate's World doesn't seem that freaking great. So now Pirate's World is struggling and the owners are desperate to try and bring people to the park. So someone had the crazy-ass idea to make a series of fairly cheap movies, kids' movies, in and around the park, and the movies will serve as a sort of advertisement for their failing theme park and as it just so happens, around this time, Mr. Uh, Nudie Cutie Barry Man, Barry Mahon, was uh, thinking about jumping into the, the, the kiddie movie picture. He, so he made a very low-budget Wizard of Oz movie, and he needed a place to film the Wizard of Oz movie. And uh, Pirate's World said, hey, come on in. You can film the movie in our theme park. And uh, it, so he filmed... The Wizard of Oz movie in Pirate's World, but they hadn't gone into business yet. At that, this point, he was on his own, and he was just looking for a place to film. And he's doing a low-budget kids movie, and he, fucking Barry Mahon has the balls to go, yes, this, uh, my movie 
It's not cheap and stupid. In fact, we got somebody big to star in it. Maybe you've heard of her. Judy Garland? Name ring a bell? But of course she's not in it. He was just fucking. He was just fucking lying in order to get uh, people to care about his shitty-ass movies. So, like, like it's total bullshit. But, hey, uh, good on you. That's fucking hilarious. Uh, anyway, uh, after the Oz movie, Barry Mahon made a series of movies with Pirates World at his center. First, he did a documentary. It was called Musical Mutiny. It was about a big, free Iron Butterfly concert. Yes. And then there was Jack and the Beanstalk. And then there was Thumbelina. All those two were made by Barry Mahon, but it, it, and he made those in the seventies. But then in nineteen seventy one, Disney World opens, and Pirates World declared bankruptcy a few years later in nineteen seventy three. But they went for one more kids movie, but they had no money because they were about to go out of business. So what they did is they. Silent Night, Deadly Night, toot it! Yeah. Boom! Just figure that out. So they just filmed a wraparound and used the other two movies that they had just done, uh, and that is the true story of the creation of Santa Claus and the Ice Cream Bunny. Uh, well, I think, I think that we should take... Santa Claus and the Ice Cream Bunny, either version, and cut out the Thumbelina parts and put in Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. So it could be Silent Night, Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. I think it should be called Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. And the ice cream bunny. I like that title, and it's a really good idea. And I am getting really high right now. So I now it can't, it can't be flash. So it's going to be a short movie. Because you can't yeah. flash back to Silent Night, Deadly Night. You can only flash back to Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Yeah. That's a great idea. Um, we did this episode. We, we first did Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny in episode 105. Uh, the episode before, we were discussing the end of Gilmore Girls and we were trying to figure out who could be Rory's baby daddy. Ah. And... I tried to make the case that Supernatural, the show, is a spinoff of Gilmore Girls. And that they were both taking place mm -hmm. in the same universe. Yeah. Um, we were also still doing homework. We watched Batman the serial and uh, the like movie serial. Yes. And uh, fun fact, the week after this, we did, you remember this, All-American Christmas Carol. All-American Christmas Carol. That hurt. Yeah. That hurt. It was yeah. a trailer trash Christmas Carol. Yeah. And oh man, is she ever going to be able to open her 
the the hairdressing studio she wants? Oh man. I remember something along those lines. Yeah. 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 But uh that's all I've got. I think it's a really interesting story, you know. Um I think we need to push for the sequel Great Escape 2. What did okay. happen to this man after the war? I think America should know. So you make a Great Escape 2 and it's Steve McQueen making nudie cuties and ends with the, with the filming of Santa Claus and the Ice Cream Bunch. I'm having a hard and time with this. We do. Here's the genius part, okay? Because we're talking about a continuation of the Great Escape. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes, Rick Dalton stars in The Great Escape Two: Santa Claus and the Ice Cream Bunny. Because we have footage oh. of him from The Great Escape. Yeah. That's a great idea. And if uh, Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't want to do it, we can just put him in. They brought Harold Ramis back from the dead. Yeah. So we can get Leonardo DiCaprio to be in our movie, whether he wants to or not. It's called Deep Fake, and it's a thing. Yeah. Uh, I am really high right now, and that's okay. exciting. We're not doing an episode for, for the next two weeks. Yes. When we come back, we are doing a movie. I don't know what yet. I'm not sure if I want to go something good or something really painful. I've got a lot of really painful movies. Well, it's the Academy season, so why not uh. both? <laughs> If you're talking about both, then I'm not saying we're doing it, but in our next episode, we might do Mother. I've been wanting to do that for a while. The, the Greg Danzig song? No. <laughs> Glenn Danzig. Greg Danzig Greg. makes me like Glenn Danzig's jock brother. <laughs> Hey, I'm Greg Danzig. I'm the star of the football team. I'm always making fun of my younger brother, Glenn. He's such a dweeb. That's what I think of <laughs> Glenn Danzig. Shut up, Glenn. You're always being mean to me. I'm going to go sing a song about mom. That's the Danzig brothers. Uh, you know who we get to start? Glenn Danzig? Joey Lawrence. He is always available. Yes. Boom. Yes. Uh, no, Mother is the movie starring Jennifer Lawrence when she was dating that, that hoity-toity director still. Yeah. And they make this horrible bible analogy movie where jennifer lawrence plays mother earth but they never say that and like religion happens around her but it's just her inside of her house but it's also the bible but also it all sucks okay 
I've been wanting to do it for the podcast for a really long time. And it, our next episode might be it, but I'm going to, I'm not announcing what our next movie is because I want to take the two weeks that we're off to figure out what we're doing. Maybe a poll. I need a lot of time. I need a lot of time to think about this. Maybe a, maybe a poll. Just tossing that out there. Maybe a poll. Okay. I'll come up with a few movies and I'll put a poll up. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah, I really like that. That's what we'll do. Yeah, so that's all I've got this week. That's about it for me. Yeah, and again, do me a favor. Don't go listen to episode 105, 154, 198, 241, or episode 285. And just take my word. That, uh, Okay. Okay. Haha, just take my word for it. Uh, this discussion of Santa Claus and the ice cream bunny, you've never heard it before. Dog and the squeaky toy. Stop with the squeaky. Stop with the squeaky. <laughs> yeah, so that's all I've got. Uh, but hey, now that I'm thinking about this episode, Sorry. looking back. Uh, Joseph Mengele 2.0, the uh, Red Erections, Nightmare Alley, uh, Recep Evadik 5. I gotta say, I think this has been a good episode. I think it's been a good episode. It has been a damn good episode. Oh, okay. I also felt... I that it was a damn good episode, but I didn't want to say it because I feel like you're the person who gives an episode the distinction the distinction of damn, <laughs> and I didn't want to step on your toes, get you upset, you know, make you start molting like the bird over here, yeah, in the picture. But yes, I agree. I concur with your assessment, good <laughs> sir. And I just want to give a shout out to everybody who's come by the chat and hung out and watched Woo-hoo. the show. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Steve. And uh, what do I say at the end? I'm pretty high right now. On behalf of Max and Natasha and Eleanor and the dog's squeaky toy and some random explosion that happens somewhere, I just would like to say uh, from all of us here at the Pope on Film and Undead Cow Studios, I just want to say thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. No. We will see you next week, you godless heathens. How many seconds? And you douche waffles and poopy And you forks. And you mummies. Do 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 do
Hunt and Brent. And titties on the cookies.